Namo tassa pakavato arhato sama samputassa. Namo tassa pakavato arhato sama samputassa. Namo tassa pakavato arhato sama samputassa. Bhutang dhammang sankhang namasam. So it's halfway through the pansa, through the vasa. And uh, I hope you're all doing well. I'm certainly finding it a profitable time, useful time, a happy time. Um, well, we're, one of the things we're doing, uh, we're always trying to be aware of our, the inner movement of our minds, more and more refined ways. So it's interesting, it's just chanting the Namo Tassa after the first iteration of it, a doubt came up, what do I chant next? Stunning, isn't it? I mean, I've chanted that a million times. I knew the next line, fortunately. <laughs> but, you know, it's quite, quite astounding. It's just watching your mind and Amotasa, and what do I say next? I mean, there was no hesitation, but... So, consciousness is, is, is weird. <laughs> or, consciousness is not weird. The contents of consciousness are weird. Consciousness is very simple. That's the way it is knowing um, but obviously very benign things like that like a, like a doubt um, become problematic when I can't remember my name and then but still I can be aware of that I, I, I don't know Venerable Chemical and maybe the three of us we discuss memory a lot these days <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> and and Venerable Chemical was saying yeah yeah okay I forget something but I can still be aware of it it's not suffering um, might be suffering for you if I don't remember <laughs> your name but that's your problem <laughs> so this is the, the kind of wonderfulness of, of, of this practice that it really is a, a, a place of refuge and liberation within the refined um, refinements of, of ex- experiential um, stuff and the coarseness of experiential stuff that, that this, this, this capacity to know what's going on and, and not grasp it in foolish ways is, is, is really uh, is freedom but it's hard to do and, and there's a lot of things that do, that do fool us and that do overwhelm us so I think we all really enjoyed uh, the series the presentation on, on uh, communal harmony it was really, really a beautiful presentation I think we all profited from it and uh, maybe just to riff on that a bit, um, one of the one of the ways we talk about the Buddhist teaching, we talk about it as a, as a reflective teaching. You reflect on it, and you think think about a mirror. Let's say you've got to go to work, and uh, you've got a big meeting on, so you get your best sort of work outfit on, and you you look at the mirror, and you see, okay. It's, for a guy, is the jacket correct? Is the tie correct? Is my hair correct? You set it up. So the mirror helps you to see what you look like. And that's the idea of reflection. And so the teaching is, some of the teachings you can, um, you can believe in or not believe in. Um, but a lot of the teaching you can kind of accept. You kind of have a nominal agreement or even a deep agreement to what the teaching is saying, but you might not be reflecting on it. Right. So you can, you can agree on an Ichidukanatta, on, on Four Noble Truths. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, 
But actually to be constantly reflecting on some aspect of Dhamma is, is different. And that's why we repeat these things again and again and again, because um, we, we forget to reflect. We don't really forget the teaching so much, I think. We know that. We've got lots of experience. But we re- really reflect. We, ref- we, re- we forget that sati implies a kind of context of dharma. Sati is not just like uh, awareness or, or mindfulness, it's not just functional. It's not just about me um, kind of not stepping on, not slipping on in the shower when I'm watching, washing the shower tray or something like that. It's more than that. I mean, that's important and you don't break your leg. We don't want a broken leg, do we? <laughs> um, there's actually something behind that little... Mm. The only number of Siri knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, so there's functional mindfulness. Uh, but that's not, I mean, anyone knows that. Even a bear knows that. <laughs> Don't fall out of the tree when you're getting the apples. So it's it's got to be more than that. It can be a kind of an appreciative mindfulness. So when you're present to life, you you can see things and appreciate things. And that's helpful, it can lift the mind, but it's more than that, isn't it? It's, it's a kind of uh, mindfulness within a context. So the idea of mindfulness is it's a remembering. Not just remembering stories, but remembering all aspects of the teaching, and constantly. So sati is in the context of the, in, in the monastery, of the eight precepts. So that's what we always repeat, the eight precepts. So that it's not just mindfulness, it's, in the, it's mindfulness within right speech. It's mindfulness within um, restraint in, in food, say, or entertainment, right? Um, so bearing that in mind, what does that mean? That means you have to kind of look at it again and again and again and remember it so that during the day it is operating as your mirror, right? So, like with speech, right, speech, people can use speech beautifully, they can use it abusively, they can use it to tell truth, they can use it to manipulate uh, beings to, to get what they want or whatever. And, and so speech is very, very hard to get it right 100% of the time. Um, but if one then raises into consciousness every morning, every morning, um, what is right speech? And one repeats the various formula that you have. Speech which is in concord. Uh, speech which is not divisive. Speech which is polite. Speech which is uh, loving kindness in it. And you repeat that every morning. Then as the mornings, as the day's activities proceed, and the tendencies to speech which is not in concord, and the tendencies towards speech which is uh, discordant, which is uh, rude or abusive or, 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 or lying or, or, or manipulative or whatever, that determination, that recollection in the morning then creates the mirror, doesn't it? So now you've got a mirror as you start to do the habits of wrong speech. And that's beautiful, that's really beautiful. And obviously one isn't going to be successful right away, but if one is mirroring these things, shall we say, in a sincere way, I'm, you know, that I am dedicated to this path, and one is sincere, if one's mirroring it, then there can be no real justification for things which are outside of the teaching. You can't really justify it if you're, if you're, if you're sincere. If you're not sincere, you say, well, I needed to lie because, you know, you know, <laughs> you know. 
no, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, now that's different than just feeling guilty because one has done something inappropriate towards right speech. Guilt doesn't help. But determination to train in this very mundane thing, very difficult thing, uh, is, is something that uh, gives a context for the mindfulness, doesn't it? And my mindfulness is done in the context of right speech or right action and so on. So each of us then has our own um, predicament, our own places where we, we, we lose the plot or uh, lose mindfulness or whatever. So, so then we have to be creative enough and clever enough and honest enough to raise into consciousness those types of mirrors which will help us as delusion starts to enact itself or, or try to manifest itself in our, in our daily experience, all the habits that we have. And that takes honesty and that takes a kind of sincerity. So, so sometimes, of course, the very, like, let's say, like in Theravada, with Theravada monks, quite often we talk about very abstract things or high-minded things uh, around attainments. So we have Sotapati and all the four stages, stream entry and an arahant, who's an arahant, who isn't an arahant, do you need jhana for stream entry, do you not need jhana, how many jhana do you need, what is jhana, and you've got to have all this kind of very high, high, high talk and it all sounds very, very good, but it doesn't really address quite often real-time stuff that's going on in consciousness, because that's where you're going to get in liberated is in the real-time of your experience. In the real time of your experience, suffering in its end uh, is obviously very, very good because we're always suffering. We're always getting caught up with stuff. So if, if it's a kind of real time reference, that mindfulness is real time, rather than I am moving towards this, this experience of enlightenment, which I'm really going to get and so on, that, that becomes, um, that can actually be used in, in a way to to um, excuse behavior which is not in line with right speech. Or, or, or you can get this kind of language in monasteries of my practice, I want to do my practice, my practice, my practice. And it, it can be all justified in these very, very, um, you know, that's the way you ordain, you ordain to get enlightened, I'm doing my practice. But after a while it sounds like, is that really? Is that what the Buddhist teaching is kind of selfish aspiration to some kind of abstract? Wasn't he teaching us something? Well, maybe, yeah, 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 see, it's in text. So that's one way to go. And, and the language of my practice can, doesn't have to be that. It can be just about the ordinary things. But it can be, I think it can be misused in a way that's no longer reflective. It's just a kind of idea of becoming, and, and it's very wrapped up with bhava tanha, and then the inability actually to relate with other people, because it's my practice, and that's more important than other people. But if you take other reflections, you make them conscious, um, you take, say, say something, like if we consider the, um, the arguments of Kosambi, where Kosambi monks are now at each other for nothing. <laughs> and and like the one faction thinks that the monk should have confessed his error, and he says, well, no, the monk told me I didn't have to confess my error, so I didn't confess my error, and it wasn't an error. And the thing starts to just blow up. 
in these two factions, and then in the, I was just reading it just now, and then you know the the lay people get into two factions, and even the devas get into two factions. <laughs> you know, even the devas are arguing with each other. Say, hey, what's going on here, right? And you can see they're 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 just egotistical. There's just, just huge egos going on. I'm right, you're right, I'm wrong. Right, right. And then the, and the Buddha comes along, and they don't even listen to him. I mean, how dumb can you be? <laughs> And they said, you go away, Bhante. <laughs> so he's Bhante, you go and meditate, we're going to sort this out. And of course it gets to the point where uh, the Buddha says, oh, okay, you guys can't sort it out if you're not going to listen to me. And he tries, he tries, don't do this, don't do this, says three times. And they say, hmm. imagine, imagine how, how, how deluded that could be. And yet you can see the, the seeds of that delusion in any sangha. This kind of position taking and, 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 and uh, holding to views and, and uh, um, the kind of conceit of views that, that comes up. And it's very convincing. It's very, very convincing. And that's ignorance. Ignorance is convincing and it causes suffering. But if one then takes what happened afterwards, so the Buddha leaves, and he has this lovely vase with an elephant. That's very cool. <laughs> and that's you know, that's pretty nice. But anyway, he comes to the other other monastery with the three monks who are living like mixing like milk and water. And and they're really taking, yeah, they're just taking care of the place and taking care of each other. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But then one of the one of the refrains you find in that is that then how do you guys you know how do you, how do you live together? How do you do it? He said, we, we maintain actions of loving-kindness, words of loving-kindness, and thoughts of loving-kindness to each other constantly. Wow. Constantly, right? Yeah. So, so, that is different than what attainment do you have? And, you know, is the Abhidhamma right or wrong? I always make jokes about Abhidhamma. <laughs> So that's not an argument. That's not a position, is it? It's a, it's a reflect. It's a powerful mirror reflection to look at any kinds of dosa, uh, judgment of others, um, denigration of others, elevation of oneself, or resentments, jealousies, angers, um, impatience, uh, rudeness, and all that different manner of dosa that would come up in people's uh, consciousness through speech and through action, that is really, really challenged if you take that on seriously. But quite often people are trying to get attained, don't, they, don't, they don't listen to that part. Now, I'm doing my practice now. Because they don't listen to that part, they never get past dosa or, or views and opinions or all that kind of conflict. And so oftentimes they have to live alone. Fair enough. Um, but to actually live in community, to live in community and say, you know, to not be, be so caught up with my practice, but actually to look at, hey, who are you? How can I help you? Uh, to regard you with acts of loving kindness, thought, um, the uh, speech of loving kindness, thoughts of loving kindness constantly means that any time I feel critical of you and judgmental of you. It can be a functional criticism, okay. Yeah, you know, you're 
you should do this, this, that way. But it's not, if it's, if it's infused with dosa, if it's infused with a sense of, of um, uh, whatever, whatever aversion you want, whatever judgment and criticism you want, if it's infused with that, and you're actually reflecting on this every morning, there's no way you could justify it. You could feel it, and you would feel it, because we have, we have the karma of dosa, we all have that. We have the karma of aversion, and, and judgment, and jealousies, and resentments, these are natural. But you could really believe in it if you're using that reflection, because if you're using that reflection, uh, as soon as you start to hate someone, or judge them in a, in a really heavy judgmental way, the mirror would show you, oh, you got your, you know, you, you didn't even put your shirt on, mate. <laughs> you got your jacket on, but your, your shirt's not on. What are you doing? You Immediately, right? Now, of course, that doesn't work that way. Because we forget to reflect, and because, and it could be fear, it could be anything, really. But because the, the power of these things, uh, of, of these karmas, is, is, is very, very deluding. Avijja Pachya Sankara, you know, delusion is, is, creates all these sankaras. So one needs to be diligent in the, in the recollection. And I think in the, I would say in the topic of recollection, though, I mean, to take a topic which is actually difficult around one aspect of one's psyche, which, which is uh, dominantly suffering, and to really use that. So if someone has a lot of dosa and they're judgmental and and critical and so on. Sometimes, you know, whether it might be fear too, and anxiety, or it might be uh, modes of greed or lust or whatever, but sometimes these energies of, 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 of greed, hatred, delusion um, come through like they're screaming banshees. I mean, they are like just voices which will not stop sometimes. And, and I think the, the classic example is Lopacha. You know, in, in stillness flowing, the the battle he had with lust, and it was it was it was it was considerate, and consider, you know it was really just kind of coming through him this energy, and he just stays with it, stays with it, stays with it, stays with it, and and if you if you have, uh, you know, I call them I call them the crazies, <laughs> where they just kind of come up and through consciousness, some mode of judgment of others or some mode of of, of um, uh, self-conceit, how could they do that, self-righteousness, or some mode of deep, deep fear, or some mode of deep, deep shame, or guilt, or um, wanting an iPad Pro. <laughs> Something, you know. It just, it kind of just comes into your mind, it won't stop. What to do? Do walking meditation and keep the reflection going. So if you get, you know, if something something powerful's come up, don't think that you're just going to somehow do a technique and it's going to fall away. That doesn't work that way. Sometimes it does, sure, sure, sometimes it does. But sometimes it's like this, this cleansing that comes through you, which is significantly important if you have the faith to stay with it. So in, in terms of like fear, um, the, 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 the language or the practices of, of uh, it'll be okay, it's okay, or, or bodily awareness to kind of stay with that, stay with that. But this, this reflection for community on, on, on uh, metta is, very, is a very beautiful one to constantly 
bring up into mind. Now, a lot of men, I think, a lot of men see that as sentimentality. You'd rather kind of really fight with Mara and give Mara a shot to the nose. Does Mara have a nose? <laughs> but actually, it's not sentimental, it's difficult. Critical mind does not want to do metta practice. It, it would rather be self-critical. That's another way to do it. You know, if I, if I don't beat you up, I beat myself up. That's one way to do it. But actually, to bring in softness uh, for, for, for men is very important. Right? Uh, for women, too. <laughs> but for men, men can be very competitive and they can be very driven. And I certainly saw that in my early years at What Not a Child. This kind of driven nature, competitive and becoming and, and, and all the rest of it. And Lompos Sumeda would say, just, can you just be nice to each other? That, that retreat he did at um, Amaravati, the theme was conviviality. Conviviality, that's not going to get you enlightened. That's really, that's wimp stuff. <laughs> but is it? Is it? Is it? Is it, that, is it that easy, actually, to do, I will, I will not do any deeds of unkindness to anyone. I will not speak unkindness to anyone. I will not think, well, that's hard, isn't it? It's a judgmental mind and all of that. But if you make that the mirror, one of the mirrors you use, and then it comes up, then you start to have mindfulness in the context of a teaching, in the context of metaphorical, right? And that context then helps you to say, well, no, this is not what the Buddha was asking me to do. That's not the path. And then you start to let go of dosa, purify dosa through the mind. And we have other, you know, it's, some of his, some of the Buddha's like recommendations are so so profoundly difficult that we are supposed to, Metta Sutta, we are supposed to have the same feeling to all beings, including the whippoorwill, <laughs> to all beings, the same that a mom has <coughs> to her only child. I mean, can you think of anything more difficult than that, more high, more high-minded than that? Say, oh no, it's not me, I'm not a mother. I don't know, kids. But it is, it is very profoundly difficult. So you make that a mirror. And you make that a mirror. Or, or that, the one where uh, the Buddha says, like, if, if someone's cutting your limbs off and you're entertaining anger towards them, you, you, you don't get it. You don't understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, someone gets a bigger mango than me in Thailand and I get angry. <laughs> So these are very high teachings, they're very high teachings, and, and, and you can feel terribly um, guilty not being able to attain, but it's not, that's not the idea, it's not, a, it's not a suggestion of idealism, because that's more ego. You know, oh, I'm terrible, I actually had, I thought a bad thing about Amr Siri two days ago, it was terrible, I'm guilty, he's such a nice mark. <laughs> and he's got a broken leg, too. <laughs> It's it's not it's not about guilt. It's not about uh, it's not about self-view either. I should be someone. No, it's awakening with awareness to the movements of delusion. 
And then through that, they still come, they still come through consciousness, but because one's awakening to the movements of delusion, one sees them as objects. Then you're in the driver's seat. Then that's practice. Then that's the, uh, the end of Sakai Diki, not, you know, taking it personally. And that's just the start. <laughs> that's just the start of the practice, because then, having got to that point of not attaching to self-view, then you have to bear, bear the burden of karma. Ajahn Chah, you know, he, had, he was a monk for, I mean, how many years that would have been? He would have been a monk for over 15 years maybe when that happened. I can't remember, but it would have been a while. And then there's this, 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 this torrent of lust coming through him, coming through him. Uh, and that's Kama, that's the Vipaka Kama coming through us. And it's neither, it's neither right nor wrong, it's neither good nor bad, but it's difficult. It's difficult to bear witness to that. So to, to seek distractions, to blame oneself, that's a common one among Westerners. But that's self-view. So when we, when, we, when we think about metta bhavana, it's to oneself too. You know, why, why, why don't you rate a bit of love, for <laughs> example, to yourself? So it's, it's, but it's not, it's not like, like I was saying the other night, it's not self, this, this, this practice of not, it's not self-absorption, it's self-awareness. We're not always thinking about ourselves and doing some kind of positivism or something silly like that, but we're actually awakening to the movement within our own kind of laboratory. Each of us has a different kind of laboratory that we're, that we're running this project and experiment with. And, and to take it personally is disastrous, but not to take responsibility for it is also disastrous. To not, to not do that. So do, do consider, like, how, how does mindfulness work for you? Is it just functional presence? Good, good. Um, but is it, how, how do you, because the idea of, of sati, sapajanya is a recollection. It's the idea of using memory, actually. But not memory as self and narrative, but memory as teaching that is appropriate, that points to things, that indicates things that need to be understood and worked on and practiced. So then at the end of the day, you can, you can see, wow, yeah, that's one area. Even though I, I raise, you know, I raise this recollection into consciousness, I, I do get overwhelmed. And that's normal. You know, not, not, to, not to worry about it. Right? You just keep trying. It's normal to get overwhelmed. And, um, obviously, the, the the form and the structure helps us. But so so as I keep saying to myself and everyone else, it's a it's it's a marathon, at least a one life marathon, folks. <laughs> and and if you have that, if you have that vision, then you don't get too too heavy on yourself because you blew it today. And you think, okay, yeah. And and I think there's a kind of uh, mature sobriety. In realizing, ooh, this was more difficult than I thought. This path is not for wimps <laughs> or the weak-hearted. That it actually um, takes a lot of determination to grapple with some of the very fundamental um, delusions that each of us are unfortunately afflicted with, um, and 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 getting getting actually a, a perspective on them first of all as objects rather than as subjects. And then being going through the disappointment, wow, even though I had the insight, it didn't end. 
it still comes back in ferocious ways. Uh, and then and then bearing witness, bearing witness, bearing witness, bearing witness until it begins to have less power and awareness has more and more power. Think about like Lopo Sumero now, he doesn't think much. When he started, he couldn't stop thinking. He just had to fill his mind with like go, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go. He just fill his mind with that. I was thinking about Lone Paul, the, you know, the many I think a lot about him actually, um, in a happy way. Uh, but one of the things that he emphasized a lot right from the get-go was space. He, he had a, a strong akasa meditation. And, and you can hear it now in the way he talks about consciousness and, and uh, being awareness being synonymous with space. Sometimes he talks like that. Now, space meditations are, 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 are they're very, what shall I say, they're very nebulous. They're not, they're not as concrete as, as uh, like knowing the feeling in your, the tactile feeling in your body. And the thing about Akasa meditation, Tibetans do it a lot, probably because they live in the mountains, um, but we are, we are so, so um, identified with this mind-body experience. You're so identified with that. It's so much I am the body and, and these thoughts are my problem. Um, that to, to extricate oneself from that uh, is, is very difficult because what else would it be? That's a has, I must be that. I must be this person who has bodily pain and, and bad thoughts or whatever. Um, but that's a delusion. That's the whole delusion. It's the whole delusion that, we, we're, that, we're, that we're working on. So, so Lompoc Sumedho always, you know, always in retreats, so he's always suggesting, like, can, you know, can, you, can, can you just, like, bring up the perception of space? How would you do that? How, how, how do you do? How do you do space? And then one monk who was a physicist said, well, space bends in time. And, <laughs> oh, God, Lompoc, poor Lompoc. No, 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 not that. No, no, like, as an experience, what's space? What is that? What that what? And then he'd explain, you know, as he does, that the room has space and there's space outside, but it's no different. It's the same space. And then, and then, like awareness, is that not? Can you make awareness synonymous with space rather than I'm aware here from my head and trying to get in whatever I'm trying to do, like that I'm somehow living behind my eyes? And they say, isn't that isn't like the body in awareness in space? And it's a, it's a kind of interesting one to do, to go outside in the night sky and just get a sense of space or an ocean and then see what does, what does that perception do to your self-identity. Your self-identity is very much around uh, bodily pain, emotional patterning, uh, intellectual conceits uh, um, intel or uh, f fearful self-disparagements or, or uh, memories of uh, experiences or future probabilities of disaster or you know and that's our identity that's who I am I am this person I am this being who has this this passport and and um, uh, uh, a wonky left knee or whatever it is and and and, and that identity the Buddha is challenging he says are you sure have you have you really looked at that so when you when when like in meditation when you've been as I was saying the other night at the at the Zoom, when you know people like I've been, I uh, I I really 
I really feel frustrated with myself because I think so much. You know, have you ever thought about that? I feel frustrated about myself. I mean, I get two now. I mean, one wasn't enough. <laughs> you can get pregnant two now. Great. Okay. I'm frustrated about myself. It's it's absurd, really. But you know, that's the language of self. I've been thinking. Have you been thinking? Is it true? Have you really looked at that when you say I've been thinking? Have you really looked at that? Okay. Okay. There's. Okay, here's this, this, I'm here now, and then this thought. Is there a thinker? Is there an angry person, or is there anger? And that's the kind of investigation you need to do. And it's not an investigation which gets you there with thought. No, I'm not the thinker. Yes, I am. That's, that's not the answer. The answer is, well, you're meditating. A bunch of thought comes up. You notice it, someone notices, there is noticing. And then there's the thought, I'm thinking too much. Then in that point, why don't you say to yourself, wait, wait, wait. Let's see, is there an entity called the thinker? Let's have a look at that. Is there an entity called the fearful person? Or is there an entity called the worrier or the self-disparager? Is is sure there's worry, that's for sure, that's individual, okay. Sure there is anger, sure there's pain in the knees, but is there this entity called me now experiencing the pain? Well, what you find, what do you find? Well, it's up to you to have a look. You have to have a look. Because if you keep thinking that I am the thinker, then you keep thinking and you try to get rid of the thought. But if you go to that very sense of where's the entity that's thinking, what is that? It's silent. Well, you think, yeah, well, well, my knees aren't your knees, huh? And, and, and my toothache isn't your toothache. I've got a toothache. You haven't got a toothache. Yeah, there's individuality. Fair enough. But the, where's the entity? This, this entity who's having the toothache. There is toothache, yeah. Dependently originated, causally conditioned. And there's awareness, there's consciousness, yeah. And where's this entity again? And that's the kind of exploration you need to do, even though you might have read about it. And that's what we mean by bringing anatta into our practice. Uh, not as a, 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 I believe in anatta. You believe in God, I believe in anatta. Great, okay. It's not that. It's, it's the same idea where I bring up a recollection in the morning um, that with body, speech, and mind, I'll practice loving kindness. Uh, that I bring up this very profound, because this is the heart of the Buddha's realization, I think, this very profound question, who is, what is this entity called, me, doing all this, that I assume? And who's the one that assumes that I assume? And so on. Now, if you do that with thought, you'll just go crazy, because there's no answer. But if you use the question to bring you to the threshold, you get, you get, it's like this. <laughs> He eats silence. He eats stillness. And then you see that thought is actually just conditioned phenomena arising because of causes and conditions and then ceasing. And once you, once you see that, then the, the idea that I am the thinker falls away. Then thought isn't so problematic. It's not like a battle with thought. But you can see it's the same idea, I'm, 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 I'm presenting the same idea of reflection. 
you know, whether you're reflecting on something very profound and deep like uh, anatta, or profound and deep like the heart, yeah? you, the, if one is going to practice satipatthana, then one needs to constantly recollect some kind of a theme. Salampachas so theme was uh, uncertainty, wasn't it? Now you can you can we all agree when he says that yeah it's uncertain but do we take it up 24/7 constantly you know minute by minute minute by minute and that gives it power that gives it power so each of us has our own interests in this teaching our own um, foibles is that the word I've used that one for a long time our own you know key laces and problems and cultural conditionings and gender conditionings and so we we each have our own program to figure out, but the idea of reflection and constant reflection is, is, is central to Satipatthana, I think. Otherwise you just believe in it, you just agree. And agreement doesn't liberate, it just, you know, it's an agreement. So you want to take it beyond agreeing to the Buddhist teaching, to actually like lifting it up into consciousness constantly. Alright, so I'll leave that for your reflection. Anmayang Obatatamagata Sadhu Karang Datamasi Sadhu Sadhu Sadhu